Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure to appreciate y'all joining me, giving me some of your time. I know y'all have a million other things to do, so thank you. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, tell other people about it. Thank you so much. I'm incredibly grateful, humbled by that. I will try and use your time wisely. For those of y'all that continue to support the podcast over on Patreon financially, thank you again so much. Girls and I got some beans and corn put in the garden today and a little bit of the old burned off, weeds burned off, and a little tilling done, a little this and that, so pretty productive day. Father, thank you for the time to do the podcast. Thank you for the people that listen to it, share it. Thank you for all your blessings for living in this wonderful land, all the bounty that you've bestowed upon us both individually and as a nation. Thank you for healthy family. A million other things, Father. Forgive us our sins, individually and as a nation again. Forgive us our pride and our arrogance that we have somehow come to the completely wrong conclusion that we don't need you anymore. Forgive us our, <coughs> excuse me, our grief. <laughs> Help us to do your will. Guide us in all that we do. Our thoughts and our words and our actions. Help us to seek you first. To love you with all that we are. To love our neighbors as ourselves. Guide our country back to you. Watch over those who lead us. From the president, vice president on down. Governors, senators, representatives. Be with those in our military, our law enforcement, our firefighters. Keep them safe. Bring them home to their families. Give us all wisdom and courage and a strong faith, Father. Give me the words you want me to speak. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Uh, Interesting little tidbit. We're going to stay in this Mayhew sermon for at least one more day, maybe two. But at some point in the next few days, we're going to talk about... Uh, it looks as if Florida will be the sixth state, the fourth this year, to pass universal school choice. And that is, that's a pretty ground-shaking, earth-shaking trend, folks, in education. So we'll, we'll talk about that now. But we're going to go back to this uh, Mayhew sermon from 1750. A Discourse Concerning Unlimited Submission and Non-Resistance to the Higher Powers with some reflections on the resistance made to King Charles I and on the anniversary of his death in which the mysterious doctrine of that prince's saintship and martyrdom is unriddled. 
the substance of which was delivered in a sermon preached in the West Meeting House of Boston, the Lord's Day, after the 30th of January, 1749-50. to Published at the request of the hearers by Jonathan Mayhew, pastor of the West Church in Boston. Fear God, honor the King, St. Paul. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Prophet Samuel. I have said ye are gods, but ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. King David. It's really fascinating just to look at the preface. So, uh, just a few comments here. We're going to work our way through this, as I said, another day or two. These are some expert excerpts from Mayhew's sermon. All scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why then should not those parts of scripture which relate to civil government be examined and explained from the desk as well as others? Obedience to the civil magistrate is a Christian duty, and if so, why should not the nature, grounds, and extent of it be considered in a Christian assembly? Besides, if it be said that it is out of character for a Christian minister to meddle with such a subject, this censor will at last fall upon the holy apostles. They write upon it in their epistles to Christian churches, and surely it cannot be deemed either criminal or impertinent to attempt an explanation of their doctrine. Huge, huge, couple huge points here, folks. One, uh, just the very first part, all scripture is useful, folks. If you feel like that you're struggling and you don't know, and this is really true in your marriage, with your kids, with your friends, family, whatever else it is, if, if you don't feel confident, you know something's wrong, something's not right, and you have no idea what to do, just share scripture. Don't add any comments to it. Don't add all your little, you know, memes that you found on Instagram or Twitter or wherever, Facebook, Snapchat. Don't, you know, don't add anything else. Just share scripture and let God and the Holy Spirit do whatever work they're going to do. Now, if you feel like expounding on that and you feel confident in doing that, great. I'm not telling you not to, but. You're, you're never going to go wrong. Man, I, I always feel, you know, it's dangerous. At least I always feel nervous when I use absolutes. But you are never going to go wrong when you share scripture alone. No other comments, nothing else added on, just God's word. Because it's never going to return void, right? It's never going to come back empty. It's always useful somehow. And then the second thing is, 
And it's interesting to see that this was an issue almost 300 years ago, 200 and uh, what, 70 years ago. The idea, and I'm really speaking to Christians here right now that listen to the podcast, wherever y'all are in the country, across the world, the idea that Christians, that we as Christians should disengage from politics is so faulty and so failed and so unbiblical. And you can see this in Mayhew's comment here. If the apostles talked about our relationship to civil authorities and how that was supposed to be enacted, why would we think that we need to completely separate ourselves from civil government and politics and not engage? Because certainly we can't consider ourselves greater than the apostles. So if they thought it was important enough to be divinely inspired to talk about, why would we not? We at least, at the very least, ought to have a discussion about what they tell us our role and responsibility is in relationship to civil authorities, government, politics. And that's what Mayhew is saying here. And so this idea today, that this is why we're where we are really, folks, is because men have stepped out of the leadership role that they're supposed to have and we've left a huge vacuum. And the church has stepped away from their role, particularly in a Christian republic, to put in the principles, the foundation of the law, Constitution, Declaration, our laws, all of that. That's all based on the Bible here in America, based on the principles laid out in the Bible. We talk about that frequently on this podcast, and so if that's true, then you, you have to, it necessitates that Christians are involved in that process, that knowledgeable Christians, knowledgeable folks, we, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch uh, two hours, you know, a movie tonight. You're going to sit down and you're going to watch four hours. You're going to watch basketball or volleyball or football or baseball for hours and hours and hours. You're going to go out to that dance hall, go out to that bar for hours. But we don't have time. We don't have time for, for God. We don't have time for our spouse. We don't have time to be informed, knowledgeable. Go back to John Quincy Adams saying, it's not commendable to know the Bible, it's condemning not to know the Bible. How can we possibly know what our faith is about? Know how our marriage is supposed to work if we don't put time and effort into it? And no, it's not 100% a quantity 
a checklist. Well, I spent two hours doing this today, so now I got to go spend two hours reading my Bible and praying. But if if our relationship with God, some of y'all know this about me, some of you don't. Played tennis a pretty extensive amount in high school. Played in college, Division One. Only reason I say that is to indicate the level of skill necessary, even though my college was really small, just insignificant almost, Division One college. And I coach a little bit now. And I you got to use that term real loosely, folks. But for those of y'all out there, and I know some of you are involved in coaching, whether it's official capacity for a school, college, or high school, or whether it's private, you know, some league outside of, of schools, but still organized. I know a number of y'all have deal with that, or you've got kids that are involved. We inherently know, and I, I talked to some of the kids that I work with, if you want to really be good at whatever the sport is, you're going to have to put some time into it. It's not going to be enough just to work with me, for example, one hour a week. It's just not going to cut it. You're going to have to put time in on your own each day. And then it just depends on, well, how good do you want that relationship, right? How, or not relationship, but how good do you want that skill? What level do you want to play at? How good do you really want to be? And we know this. We know this about sports. We know this in our professional careers as adults. We know this about staying in shape. Why don't we translate this, transfer this to our faith and our marriages? Why don't we spend that time First and foremost, developing our faith, developing our marriage. And the, the sad answer when you really get down to it is it's just not that important. And if that steps on some toes, so be it. Steps on my toes. But it's just really not that important. And that's the bottom line. And so, as Mayhew's saying here, we have a responsibility as Christians to dig into this and what our relationship is. It was near the approach of the 30th of January that turned my thoughts to the subject on which solemnity the slavish doctrine of passive obedience and non-resistance is often warmly asserted. And the dissenters from the established church were represented not only as schismatics with more of triumph than of truth and of color than Christianity, but also as persons of seditious, traitorous, and rebellious principles. God be thanked one may, in any part of the British dominions, speak freely, if a decent regard be paid to those in authority, both of government and religion, and even give some broad hints that he is engaged on the side of liberty, the Bible, 
and common sense in opposition to tyranny, priestcraft, and nonsense, without being in danger either of the Bastille or the Inquisition. Though there will always be some interested politicians, contracted bigots, and hypocritical zealots for a party to take offense at such freedoms, their censure is praise, their praise is infamy. A spirit of domination is always to be guarded against both in church and state, even in times of the greatest security, such as the present is amongst us, at least as to the latter. Those nations who are now groaning under the iron scepter of tyranny were once free, so they might probably have remained by a seasonable caution against despotic measures. Civil tyranny is usually small in its beginning, like the drop of a bucket, till at length like a mighty torrent or a raging, or the raging waves of the sea it bears down all before it and deluges whole countries and empires. Thus it is as to ecclesiastical tyranny also, the most cruel, intolerable, and impious of any. From small beginnings it exalts itself above all that is called God and that is worshipped. People have no security against being unmercifully priest-ridden, but by keeping all imperious bishops and other clergymen who love to lord it over God's heritage from getting their foot into the stirrup at all. Let them be once fairly mounted, and their beasts, the laity, may prance and flounce about to no purpose, and they will at length be so jaded and hacked by the reverend jockeys that they will not even have spirits enough to complain that their backs are galled, or, like Balaam's donkey, to rebuke the madness of the prophet. <clears throat> yeah, we'll end here. Uh, two things. One, tyranny is usually real small in the beginning. And you see this across the board, example after example, from Soviet Russia to Nazi Germany, uh, communist China, uh, the communist socialist states, South America, Central America, uh, European, the slow slide, maybe not so slow, towards socialism and tyranny that you see going on today. It always starts small. You take a little bit here, and then you, you pause, and then you wait until the people relax, and then you take a little bit more, and then you pause again until at length people look up and they are in slavery. And we see that today. That's the way the left functions. You take a little bit, and then they wait. And they push right to the limit where everybody wakes up, and then they stop. And they wait on everybody to go back to sleep. Everybody that wants to get back to quote-unquote normal. And what we don't realize is that normal is always shifting toward leftism, socialism, communism, fascism, Nazism, right? Because that's all the same thing, really. It's just different shades of that same evil. We talk about that often. That's what, it, it's, it's like the frog 
in the boiling water, right? You put it in boiling water, it hops right back out. You put it in cold water and slowly turn the temperature up until it's boiling and it dies. And so what the left does is they, they increase the temperature just a little bit and they wait until everybody calms down. No, this is normal. And they increase the temperature a little bit more. Everybody gets a little excited and then they wait until everybody calms down and now that's normal. And always normal is moving closer toward violence and chaos and slavery and oppression for the left. Always, 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 always onward toward that evil end. The second thing, and then we'll close, is when you have people that you know stand for evil, when they stand against you, when they make life hard on you, when they're angry at you and spew hatred towards you, that means you're doing something right. By the same token, folks, when you have people in your life, whether it's your aunts and uncles or cousins or sisters or brothers or fathers or mothers or grandparents or children or politicians, local or state or federal, when you have people that stand up for evil principles that vote and support the left, when they come up to you and they say, man, that was a really good decision. I'm so proud of you. You did the right thing. Every single warning bell and red flag in your brain ought to go off. Because if they're praising you, if they're telling you, and you know that they stand for evil principles, either out of will, uh, ignorance or, or, you know, malevolence, doesn't really matter. And they're telling you what a great job you're doing. You, you need to do a massive check, self-check, because there's a pretty good chance that you're not doing something right. In fact, you're doing something wrong. So another couple great points in Mayhew's sermon, and we will come back to it. Appreciate y'all sticking with me for a little bit. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. The dogs have run off into the woods, at least one of them. They have found something. The puppy is just almost beside herself, wondering. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.